Hi, everyone, and welcome to College Football Landscape, the college football podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find archived episodes of all the different podcasts on the network on our website, totalsports247.podbean.com. Follow us on X as well at Total Sports underscore 247. We make recommendations fairly frequently over there on X, and we will repost a lot of recommendations from experts that we follow in the betting space so that you can make those bets and hopefully make some money with those bets. Lastly, we have a Substack as well. It's weekendweekout.substack.com. Stay tuned for a Christmas Day preview for the NBA coming up on our Substack. That is a subscription-based newsletter. So visit weekendweekout.substack.com and please consider subscribing to support the network. Thanks very much. On today's episode, it's our third bowl, the Cure Bowl. This bowl is on Saturday, December 16th at 3.30, and it pits Appalachian State and Miami of Ohio. Appalachian State is 8-5, Miami of Ohio is 11-2. This line and these odds are moving frequently. It's a pretty volatile line right now. The game is taking place at FBC Morgan Stadium in Orlando. Current odds are Miami of Ohio plus 6.5 at minus 105. App State, the favorite, at minus 115. The total is at 43, and it is sinking like a stone. So we'll talk about whether or not we like that total towards the end of the episode. If you're looking for Miami on the money line, they're at plus 195. App State is minus 238 at last check on the money line. And yes, it's still 238 as of now. As a reminder, if you're looking to track portal movement for these teams, it's a crucial part of knowledge for these teams when you're considering how to bet these bowl games. Follow Matt Jaguski on Twitter. It's M-A-T-T underscore G-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. He is part of Stochastic.com, and he has a Google spreadsheet where he is tracking transfers for all of the bowl teams. So you can get an understanding of who is in and who is out for all these games and then put that into context as to why the lines are moving the way they are. This line is moving and it's not due to much portal activity. So let's get into it because there there are players on both sides who are missing this game, but that's been known to the public for a little bit of time. So the recent volatility is something that to me is a little bit unexplainable, but uh, let's get started with each of these teams. We'll start with Miami of Ohio. Again, 11-2, beating Toledo in the MAC championship and earning this bowl bid and representing the MAC. They have had some challenges at the quarterback position the entire season, when we look back to their first game against Toledo, that was about midseason. Their starting quarterback, Brett Gabbert, uh, more of a traditional pocket passer type of quarterback who has an ability to run but is uh, disinclined to do so. That's not the way that Miami ran their offense when he was at the helm. 
He got hurt in that game against Toledo and then was out for the year. I want to say it was a broken leg. It was some sort of leg injury and some sort of injury to the point where it was serious enough for him to miss the rest of the season, right? So they bring in their quarterback backup, Avion Smith, and he's led them to five consecutive wins. The interesting thing about him, though, is that he is much more of a dual threat quarterback, and the threat really is from running the ball, not from passing the ball. He is not a strong passer, but he is a a very good, I would say maybe even an excellent runner. So Miami won their last five games with Avion Smith at quarterback, but now Smith is in the portal. So they're going to their third string quarterback. That's Henry Hessen. He's who's listed first on the depth chart for Miami of Ohio. There is not much on him, however. He was a recruit, a three-star recruit out of the class of 2021. He was top 30 in the state of Indiana. And Miami of Ohio was the only offer that I saw for him at the FBS level. He was offered by Indiana State but ultimately signed with the Red Hawks. Very little playing time at the FBS level. I think it was, he threw maybe five or so passes last year, but nothing this year so far. But again, he is more of a pro-style quarterback in the mold of Brett Gabbert. So it'll be interesting to see how Miami runs its offense because with both Gabbert and Smith, it's they they ran their offense differently, of course, catering to Smith's skill set, but their offensive philosophy did not change. They're one thirtieth in tempo out of one thirty-three, so they want to control time of possession, control clock, control field position, and run the ball. They ran the ball more with Smith. They ran the ball two thirds of the time when they had the ball with Smith in the games that he started. So will they run the ball that much with Hessen? That remains to be seen, but that has been the trend for Miami of Ohio in these last few weeks. And they have a very good running back in their backfield to rely upon. That's Rashad Amos, who had 12 touchdowns rushing in addition to nearly 900 yards uh, on the ground. They have an okay uh, wide receiver core. They spread it around. Gage Larvadian is their leading receiver with 643 yards and six touchdowns. He was hurt for part of the season, though. He came back for the MAC championship game against Toledo, and he had a, a rather um, just a quiet performance, two catches for 18 yards. So we'll see how the rest of their uh, receiving core steps up. They have four guys in that room with at least 22 catches. So they'll they'll want to they'll want to throw the ball honestly, so that they can run the ball. They ran the ball for 22 touchdowns this year. Again, Amos had 12 of them. So that's going to be my my guess as to their game plan for this one. Use the pass to set up the run almost and uh, keep the throws safe and probably short for Hessen to the point where they can continue to move the ball, run plays, keep time of possession, and run clock. When we look at the App State offense, 
it I, this may be a little bit oversimplifying it, but their offense really does begin and end in my mind with quarterback Joey Aguilar. He set a school record for 3,546 yards passing, and he threw for 33 touchdowns. Now, when we think of App State, at least I think most people think of App State as a running team. When when App State is in the spotlight, right? To me, the game that comes to mind is that game in College Station when they bullied Texas A&M and controlled clock, ran the ball so many times. Ran the I think they controlled the clock maybe 41, 42 minutes or something like that in that game and came away with the victory. They didn't actually run the ball all that effectively in that game, but they were able to hold on to the ball to the point where A&M, <laughs> they couldn't get the ball, so they couldn't score. So I think that's, that's a lot of the association with how App State is constructed. But this year, 278.4 passing yards per game out of the 450 that they got per game. They're averaging just under 35 yards per game. So Aguilar is really the one who is leading this offense. And there may be more on his shoulders because their primary running back has entered the portal. They will be relying on backups, but their backups or some of them did get a decent amount of playing time throughout the year. So their number one back, Nate Noel, he had 39% of the team's carries throughout the year, 834 yards and five touchdowns. But I'm confident that Kanye Roberts can pick up most of the slack. He had 648 yards on the ground himself this year with seven touchdowns. So my guess is that he will be uh, that lead running back in this game. And they started to work in Anderson Castle in the later part of the season. He had eight carries per contest in the final three games. So my guess is that Roberts will be one and we'll see Castle as a change of pace back. And it could be that their running room without Noel might be fine for this one. They're losing a couple of receivers in the portal as well, but it's not their top flight receivers, at least in terms of production. Deshaun Davis and Milan Tucker, or Milan Tucker, are the transfers for this one who will be sitting out. They still have their lead dog, Caden Robinson, who had 787 yards and 10 touchdowns on the year. They still have Kristen Horn, who had 544 yards and six touchdowns. And they still have Eli Wilson, who's their tight end, who was third on the team in receptions. And it seems like they like to go to him in the red zone with uh, five scores. So yes, there are some components to this dynamic offense missing, but Aguilar is still playing in this game. And I think they have enough weapons to where there's not going to be a significant drop-off in terms of, one, what uh, App State can produce. But two, the drop-off isn't going to change the scheme, I don't think, whatsoever. So they'll they'll still do exactly what it is they, uh, they set out to do in all their other games. It's not as if, when we look at Miami of Ohio, new quarterback cater to the skill set, things like that, where you have to change the game plan. There's no one here who's out of this game to where the game plan itself needs to be changed. I will say what does need to be changed for App State is their production in the running game. So they've had some good games on the ground this year, but against better competition, they have struggled. When we look at their significant win against James Madison, 
They didn't win because they could run the ball in that one. They only ran the ball 48 yards on 27 carries. And in the championship for the Sun Belt against Troy, they managed 108 yards on the ground on 41 carries. So they want to run the ball for sure in this game. And they want to create some balance where it's not all on Aguilar's shoulders to carry the team to victory. Part of the reason is because, you know, he did throw nine picks, which doesn't sound like a lot, especially when you compare it to 33 touchdowns, but there is a little bit of a vulnerability there with Aguilar and his tendency to kind of go for the big play when it isn't there. And against a defense as stout as Miami of Ohio's, they're going to want to try to put him in positions where he makes those poor decisions. Miami of Ohio doesn't turn people over a ton. They only had 10 interceptions throughout the season. But I think that's going to be an emphasis for the Red Hawks defense in this one because, again, they're going to want to try to create short fields and control the clock. They do have a fantastic front seven, 34 sacks on the year. So Aguilar have to be on the lookout for their front seven coming into the backfield on a regular basis. And in that final game against Toledo for the MAC championship, when we go back to App State's struggles uh, running the ball against good defenses, Miami of Ohio held that Toledo rushing attack that's led by Penny Boone and Daquan Finn to 97 yards in that one. So that'll be a storyline to watch in this one. Can App State run the ball? And if they struggle at the start, will they abandon the run and put the game on Aguilar's shoulders? And if they do, does that mean uh, that there is a higher likelihood for turnovers? So that's one of the storylines that I'm watching in this one. The ability for App State to run the ball and then sort of 1A to that. Do they stick with the run if they struggle out the gate? The other storyline I'm looking at is Miami of Ohio and what they have at the quarterback position and how they try to run their offense. Are they going to go even heavier on the run and rely on Amos to lead them to victory? Or are they going to open up their playbook a little bit and see what they have in their quarterback? It all depends on what Miami of Ohio is thinking about for this game, right? Is this something that they they want to see what they have in their quarterback and open it up? Or do they just have Hessen because He's who they have left. You know, Brett Gabbert has announced that he's coming back next year. I don't know 100% that it's to Miami of Ohio. That is my understanding. But it, it could be that the coaching staff for the Red Hawks wants to see what they have. And maybe they'll have a couple plays that are designed for Hessen to showcase his talents. Who knows? So what's the recommendation and what's the play here? I think the play is Miami of Ohio plus six and a half. I think their defense is the strongest unit of the four units on the field. And I think App State's defense might be the weakest of the four units, despite Miami of Ohio going to their third string quarterback. We don't know what they have at quarterback, but we also don't know that it's that significant of a drop-off. We know that Avion Smith ran the ball, but I don't believe that he was the reason that Miami of Ohio went on the winning streak that they did at the end of the season. To me, 
that was carried more by the defense. And so I think Miami of Ohio will have enough offense, and again, with their defense to be the strongest unit, to keep this game close. So our play is going to be Miami of Ohio plus six and a half. We are staying away from the total just because of the uncertainty at the quarterback position for Miami of Ohio. And I think the volatility of App State's offense. I feel like App State might score 10 in this or they might score 45. It, it, they they have a, a potency and an ability to score a lot of points. They averaged nearly 35 points per game on the season. But again, they did struggle against better defenses, especially with running the ball. And Miami might be a top two defense that they played this year. So there's there's too much variance, I think, on the on App State offensively for me to trust either side of the total. I think the best play here is going to be Miami plus six and a half, and that's going to be our official recommendation. Stay tuned to the Total Sports 24-7 Network for more bowl previews. There are an additional games on Saturday, and we'll have those capsules for you in your podcast feeds before those games kick off. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of College Football Landscape. We will be back either later on today or tomorrow with more previews of bowl season. Thanks so much for listening.